Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm Sumeria Jamal of AccidentalMuslims.com, Durban. AccidentalMuslims.com is a movement and a platform where we showcase current and future leaders to help us live with purpose. This podcast hopes to add value to your life, so listen up and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com, Durban. I'm Sumeya. Joining me, we have Fadila and Nadeem. Fadila is a digital entrepreneur and a mental health thinkfluencer. And Nadeem is a corporate project planner. Assalamu alaikum and welcome, you guys. Waalaikum salam wa rahmatullahi You had to go the extra mile and make me look bad. Waalaikum <laughs> Okay, so we're going to chat to Fadila first. Sure. So tell us more about who you are. I don't really know who I am, to be honest with you. I feel like every day... I'm trying to be different or trying to be better. I even said that to Niaz. I was like, if you ask me who am I, what am I going to say? <laughs> I don't like to think of myself as anything or like put myself in a box of anything. I just okay. think that I must be better than the day before. But I guess I'm just a small town girl and I've been here in Durban working and living for the past three years. Wonderful. So where were you before Durban? Before Durban, I was born and raised in the Eastern Cape and then I lived in Joburg for five years. While wow. I studied and worked at the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. I was a counselor there. Wow, that's wonderful. How was, was that experience? It was lovely. It was, I think if you're looking for working experience mm-hmm. that varies with psychology, they're a great team to be part of. Yeah. That's awesome. Something for me to think about. Yeah, it's a crisis call center uh-huh. for mental illness. So you just receive a lot of calls basically on people who need resources, but they're unsure of where to get them or they can't afford medical assistance, so you can refer them to a government hospital that has like a psychologist that's working there on a certain day and they can get help, or even refer them to a psychologist if they are in a position to pay for it. So they offer resources and telephonic counselling. Okay, so did, did that not then drain you, you know, as a person, every day taking these calls? It did, and that's yeah. actually why I was happy to move towards the digital field with uh-huh. my psych degree, because... Consumer behavior is part of marketing. Right. So I get to use that experience that I learned. It didn't didn't get to go down the drain, Mm -hmm. but I get to not be in that emotionally draining state Mm because I am super soft and super sensitive. So what would happen was I would go home and then I would wonder, like, is the person okay? Was that resource enough for them, you know? Yeah. And And that becomes exhausting. There's there's even suicide calls. So you worry... Like yeah, how, and I think after yeah, after you put that phone call down, once you're home, it doesn't end for you. It didn't there. end for yeah. me. Yeah, like many people, you know, they end their job, they go home, but that didn't. It's different, yeah. yeah. So that was a great, that was a great journey actually, mm. because I think it showed me where I kind of want to position myself. And then when I got a job here, when I moved to Durban in marketing, it was great because then I was like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. I want to be looking at how consumers behave and how we should market to them. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> digital awesome. entrepreneur. So, um, if you were a color in a crayon box, what color would you be? This is like the most basic answer. I think pink. I just love pink. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you love I the color pink. Yeah, okay. I would just be pink. Imagine yeah. living in a pink world. Like, what is better than that? You dream about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love rose gold, actually. Okay, if crayons yeah. came in rose gold, yeah. I would join you on that one. Because ask Nads, the kettle is rose gold, the dishwashing <laughs> rack is rose gold, but um, pink is yeah, the closest. Best. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So as a kid growing up, what was your dream career? Weirdly enough, my dream career was um, being a dietitian or a psychologist. So I always okay. knew that like I cared for people and I wanted to help people. 
But I also used to pretend to have a cooking show. Like I used to pretend I was being recorded in the room. <laughs> and I would like <laughs> stir the empty jug and be like, yeah, this is this and this and this. And so I thought I was going to be a dietitian, but then I didn't want to move so far away from home when it was time for studying, and that was Cape Town. So then I went to Port Elizabeth and I started psychology. But it was always an option. Yeah. So what the interest that brought about psychology was that you always wanted to... Uh... I think so. Like, as a child, I was always sensitive. Uh-huh. And then maybe sometimes I would see, like, other kids would handle a situation that I was handling much differently. So I always wondered, like... Why emotionally am I so different to everybody else? And then that's what spiked my interest in psychology is learning to understand myself and others. Because we all, we all deal with maybe the same challenge in a different way. Mm-hmm. And then that's where, that's pretty deep for a child, actually. Yeah. Say that out loud, but that's how it was. But you know, you're talking about that, like for me with psychology as well, I always found people to be interesting. Like, yeah. like I would sit, my sister would even tell me, like I would be sitting on a beach and I'd be looking at someone and I'd be like, I wonder what they're thinking about. Like, I wonder how these people are actually connected and like looking at their family dynamics and how exactly. they're reacting to each person to understand them. Even when I see like old couples, I always uh-huh. think to myself, like, I wonder what their defining moment was. Like, you know, what did they go through? Like, what did, like, is their point of sticking together and being together? Like, it's incredible. Human behavior. It's, it's something epic to understand and to watch. And also it teaches you about yourself. Because when you realize someone else, like, behaves in a certain way because of something, you start to analyze what, what is the reason behind me behaving or perceiving things in a certain way. So from psychology to now being um, a digital entrepreneur, right? Firstly, what is that? <laughs> So I I would define a digital entrepreneur as someone who takes aspects of a business or mm-hmm. develops new aspects of a business using technology. Okay. So social media marketing, that's something as well. Mm-hmm. It evolved advertising into using technology, social media, right. and paid ads, all of that goes with it. And that's what I think a digital entrepreneur is. It's also app development, like perhaps social media marketing will make your advertising better and make your brand awareness better or your reputation management better. And then an app, for example, could refine how you deliver your service to people okay. or make your sales cycle better because it's easier for people to access your services within an app Barely. instead of a yeah. website yeah. or something like that. So it's basically using technology to enhance your business. And that's what I do basically. For I'm an ad- for an agency in Amshlanga, I'm a social media consultant. So, awesome. yeah, and it isn't much of a shift actually yeah. from psychology because you're still understanding I'm, people. I'm and, understanding yeah, yeah. who your customer is because everyone's customer is completely different. Mm-hmm. And then teaching that business ways to retain their audience and retain their customers and think like their customers. Because okay. it's not as simple as just like putting content out and hoping for the best. Mm. It's also advertising it to the right people associating your brand with the right people so if you're looking for influencer marketing why you should look at a certain influencer and especially long term because I think people get carried away in running campaigns mm. but we forget that like the business yeah sustainability mm. the business has to run for another 30 or 100 years, years however yeah. long the business is going to run for so that's basically what I do uh, what is one thing you love about your job What I love about my job is probably the different businesses that I get to work with. Mm -hmm. I love that it's not just one brand or one thing. I don't have to focus on one thing. I get to focus on many things. So I get to work with hairdressers, jewelers, you know, car people, that kind of thing. I get to understand 
many different facets of different businesses. And that's really interesting to me. That is actually very interesting. Yeah. It completely varies. Um, yeah. And in that, you never become complacent then. You always mm-hmm. have to develop your skills because you need to reach a large web, for example. Like, I feel like if I worked for one brand, maybe my vision would become smaller. Now I have to keep my eyes open to many different Everything. things. Mm. Yeah. It's wonderful. So I love the title that you call yourself a mental health thinkfluencer. And was this brought on by a passion for assisting others with mental health issues or was it because of your past experiences that you have been through? I think both. Okay. At first it started with I need to help myself. And then when I started learning about helping myself, I thought that if there was one other person that I could help with what I was learning, then that would be my purpose fulfilled because that is why I studied psychology to help others. others. And then past experience also played a role in that because of past pain, I could relate to somebody else's pain, mm-hmm. you know, or somebody else's struggle. And then I never wanted to be called an influencer. Okay. Because I, I feel like, what would I be influencing? So I always thought, what am I influencing or what is my goal? And my goal is to influence influence the way people think because if we think better we can make better decisions change yeah. the habits that we have you know mm-hmm. and break those bad cycles so to make it pretty straightforward I was like that's what I'm gonna call myself a thinkfluencer because I just want people to think so through sharing my story no two stories are the same Absolutely. so I can sit here and be like this is what you should do for depression but my depression could vary from the way you Your, feel your uh-huh. depression mm-hmm. so all I ever wanted to do was share my struggle and be like, this is what I am doing to deal with X, Y, and Z. And then make you think about what your X, Y, and Z is. And how maybe what I'm doing can help you. Maybe what I'm doing could help your A, B, and C. Where it helped my X, Y, and Z. Okay. But yeah. that's how I wanted. I wanted yeah. to shift the tool, like give you the tool. But and make you, you apply think it in your Yeah, own. and make you yeah. think about how you're going to use it. Wonderful. It's absolutely, absolutely awesome because I feel like there's not many people who, um, especially on social media, who are able to give off the service, if we can, you know, say that. And I really, you know, appreciate the way that, you know, you put yourself out there, um, even though you've been and you've had these, you know, these issues. And it must be really difficult for you to do that. It really is. And poor Nads, he sees it because sometimes it's very draining. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I put out like my heart and soul and I just think to myself, it isn't always well received. You know, there's people that look at you as damaged or people that look at you and think you're crying for attention. And it's not really that. It's just that I speak to so many different people that I almost want everyone to know that like I stand with you, whatever your struggle is, because I also have my own. Mm. I don't want to just be sitting there and saying, this is what you should do. This is a technique. I want you to know that I'm also doing it. Like I'm walking the same Same, walk as you. Even if I'm 10 steps ahead of you because I've passed my struggle, we're still walking together. That's amazing because I know that you even put it up, you know, on your stories and things. Often, you know, you tell us, okay, I'm having a bad day today. And mm-hmm. that makes us feel like, okay, you know what? She's actually real. She goes through similar struggles that we go through. And, and for us, that that's, a you know, as a follower, that's something that we really need because we feel like, okay, we can relate to you. We can reach out to you. And you know what? At the end of the day, you're also human. And that's the goal. Like, that makes me happy because <laughs> I really want everyone who receives my content to know that it's not just coming from a place of I'm educated and I can say this and this Mm -hmm. is what's going to help you. Just know that even the most educated person probably has something that they struggle with. But the world of social media shapes us to not share that. And I don't want to be shaped by that. I want to be able for I want to enable everyone to be able to share their vulnerability as a strength. 
I never want people to like look at me and be like, she says this and it doesn't work. Yeah. That's why I'm open about like, this is what I'm doing. I'm really mm. struggling. And Nads knows like some days I'm crying because I feel like, what am I doing? I'm sharing too much of my like sadness yeah. or should I share more happiness? What do people want to see? Mm. But I think, as we know, it's social media to be this illusion of complete happiness when mm-hmm. it isn't. And I feel... This- mm-hmm. Before I ever spoke about the fact that I have this past pain that I carry around with me, I didn't know that there were so many people that struggle with depression, yes. anxiety, yeah. broken yeah. homes, you know, domestic violence. Only when you put yourself in a space of vulnerability, not feeling weak, just put it out there, do you get that overwhelming response of support? And that's it. Like, my thing could be mm. completely different to yours. Mm. But it's very similar in the fact yes. that you put out your vulnerability and you get back some positivity. And those are the people you should hold on to. The people that give you that positivity. It's because, you know, it's it's amazing as to how we people use social help. media for so many other things. And I feel like, you know, we need to also use it for the most more important things. Like, you know, being there and being a support for people. It's so important. And that also builds community. Because whenever I think yes. about it, like I think I don't really care whether I have 12,000 followers or 2,000 followers. As long as the people that are there and me feel happy in that space that's created, then that's all that matters. Mm. Because if you share a personal thing and 10 people message you, you've helped 10 people or you've helped 10,000. But we should never get caught in the numbers of what are we doing? Do enough people care about what we're putting out? Mm. It should just be like, this is our journey and you get to have people on your journey. Like your journey, even if you choose to not share it on here. You That's have fair. people that have joined yeah. you on that journey. Yeah. We're never really alone. You know, this is something that's so true. I feel like if I'm inspiring one person for that day, I've done my job. Like, Same. I just want it to be one person that's being influenced, one person that's actually benefiting. And that's what people forget. Yeah. People forget when they say build a following. Build a following uh, of what? Robots. Okay. Just come and look. Or build a following of 2,000 people that talk to you every single day and trust you. I prefer the smaller one yeah. that trusts me. An engaging, interacting yeah. audience. Then, because are you having... really helping people when it's a huge amount and you can't respond to everybody and you can't give everybody the care you would if you had a small little tribe? But on the topic of mental health, there's mm-hmm. um, you know oftentimes people say that uh, people who are suffering with depression, people who have anxiety, are seeking attention. They're pretending. What are your thoughts on this? What Honestly, would you say to them? Stop judging. So what if they're pretending? Let them pretend. If you're not pretending, cool. You're not pretending. You have depression. Focus on getting better. Don't focus on the next person. The thing is, we truly never know another person's journey. If someone says, I struggled with anxiety once and then they never speak about it again, maybe that was their one brave moment that they were able to share their vulnerability. If they were doing it for attention, shame. Pray for them, you know? Yeah. But I don't like to judge anyone Mm. who maybe actually, because I do see that. I do see a lot of people saying, I'm scared to talk about mental health because people are going to say, It's attention-seeking. Let them say that. Because I really believe that people talk about you, whether you're sharing your deepest pain or whether you're sharing, like, surface-level superficial selfies. They talk about you. Anyway, focus on your own journey. Because if you're actually struggling with depression, sort it out. If you're actually struggling with anxiety, work on making it better. Don't worry about haters. Haters gonna hate. So how can someone then battling with depression or anxiety deal with a comment, um, you know, like a person telling them, oh, you're attention seeking or, you know, your problems, your problems don't matter. How can they deal with this? Unfriend, unfollow, delete. <laughs> I um, I get it, actually, because for a very long time, I didn't want to talk about my struggles. Okay. Because of judgment from other people. Mm. 
you know, what are they going to say? Are they going to believe me? But it's not actually about them. Your whole healing journey is about you. So if you feel that those people are putting negativity out, distance yourself. Bring yourself closer to what's going to make you better. What's going to make you feel happier. Those people that are saying that are not your friends. You don't aspire to be like them. So then why give them space? Mm-hmm. into your life alhamdulillah like i've only had like and i call them out on social media all the time like five trolls that i feel like just reoccur like spreading <laughs> nonsense but then i just think who are you five yeah. compared to like the 10 people that i could be talking to every single day and making a difference to our mental health mm-hmm. together the five are nothing so that's what i would encourage someone who feels like they're receiving negativity for being honest about their mental health you're stronger than that like you're struggling with depression and anxiety do you know how strong you are Sure. And you're worrying about yeah. negative comments. I don't think people think of it that way. That, that is true. And I think, you know, coming from that is that we all go through difficult times. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. And which ayah of the Quran or maybe a hadith or something that speaks to you um, and assisted you through this? I have like sobbed for like two years every single night. Nads will know. Like I was just depressed as hell. And the one thing that I always used to look at was fairly with difficulty there is ease. But I don't think I'm a cry now. I don't think I truly understood it until this Ramadan. We were reading the Reclaim Your Heart book mm-hmm. by Yasmin Mujahid. And I always like reassure myself. Okay. Every time I'm feeling like stressed or whatever, that's the ayat that always comes to mind. Like, you know, just hold on. Yeah. Your time is coming. And she explained it in her book as in that with the difficulty, there is ease already in that moment of difficulty. It's not after the difficulty that there is ease. Yes. It's in the moment. And so now, every time I'm actually feeling anxiety or like I'm just having a bad day, I'm telling myself, where's the ease? Start looking now in the moment. Like, you know, with this difficulty, there's ease. And it's changed my mindset because now I can shift from focusing on my pain to like desperately looking for that one thing that's ease because there always is that one thing. It's just that we get so caught up in our sadness that we struggle to find Mm -hmm. it. So that is an ayah that, especially when I finally like, you know, when that light bulb moment comes on where I was like, I'm looking in the wrong place Mm. because I'm looking like and I'm praying like, please make it get better. May I feel better tomorrow's another day. I'll try again. And I stopped doing that. I started doing like, I can feel better now. Look for it now. And that's so true because the moment you start looking for like the silver lining, Mm -hmm. um, you become so much more grateful for every little thing that you're blessed with. You look at the little blessings that the fact that you're alive, the fact that you have We have shoes. Exactly. You know, and that's stuff we forget because we are in a digital world now where we see, hey, we don't have the latest shoes. We forget, dude, you have have shoes. shoes. You may not be sitting on Florida Road eating at a place that you see everybody eating, but you have food. And we forget. Absolutely. There's so many I know, things I'm that so we, guilty of it. I yeah. think I need more, I want more. I got to do this. Hey, Nads, we have to do this. We have to be here. So what advice can you share with someone that perhaps has been in an abusive relationship, maybe from lessons you've learned, or perhaps maybe tell them what the first step, you know, is to take? Because I know it's like a cycle that carries on. Cycle. You feel like, okay, I'm tomorrow I'm going to stop it and I'm going to do this. And then he comes back, he apologizes or she apologizes or whatever the situation is. And then, you know, you're back in it again. Um, what is the first step to take that you know that's going to be something that's going to be sustained then it's so hard because everyone's situation is so different Mm -hmm. and i know that when you like warped in a cycle of bad behavior and toxic like patterns you never you never know what's the right thing to do like if i leave this is what's going to happen if i don't leave i'm gonna die like you don't know like you don't have clarity in your mind so i would say get help Mm -hmm. or talk to someone you can trust because sometimes knowing you have support 
helps you make a decision to end it. But I also believe that you, we all know when something is bad for us. I knew I was in a crappy situation, but I stayed. Almost maybe because there's comfort in the pain that you've learned has become your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like whatever badness has happened, it's become normal to you. Yeah. So saying to somebody leave is actually the wrong thing because they don't know how. When you're in that moment, you really don't know how. For me even, I don't even think I knew until I was out that, whoa, this was this bad. Is yeah, yeah. So my advice would be find someone that you can trust, that you can talk to, and that can support you. Because I think if you are supported, you can make a decision on getting out. If you're someone on the outside and you know of someone in a situation, support them. I think too often we say to someone, you need to leave, you need to get out, this is abuse. Um, take a moment to understand that that person in abuse is struggling. Mm -hmm. And you can't really make good decisions when you're struggling. It's like your arm's bleeding and they're telling you, come, we need to go to the mall. You can't drive, you have a bleeding arm. The person can't make a decision with their mm -hmm. brain because they're in, in pain. pain. Mm -hmm. It's, it's actually hectic. There's nothing that you can really say that's the right thing to someone in an abusive situation, which is why the support is so important. And it's also why I started speaking about my journey with domestic violence or just the depression that came after the domestic violence because no one was. Every time I was looking for like a success story or someone that was going to show me that the point that I'm in now out of the relationship was going to get better. Because you must know, like, you struggle with someone beating you up physically and then you beat yourself up emotionally after Shucks. that. Yeah. Even though you're out of it, yeah. the journey never ended. You continue beating yourself up, beating yourself up. So it's a healing process. And yeah, have a good support system on that healing process. Wow, Allah yeah. grants strength and, That's you know, support. But I just hope that, you know, and whoever's struggling with this and whoever's going through it, that they have the strength and the support that they need and they can get, as you said, if, if you know of someone, then be that support to them. Be the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, maybe even. Because no one know. talks about it. We yeah. all say like, oh, there's domestic violence and there's drugs. Those yeah. are the two things. We all will say it. This one's on drugs. This one's husband hit her. This one's wife was like this. But then what are you doing to help them? Because I'm telling you that when you come out of domestic violence, then there's a hell of a long journey outside of that. And I know when I came out, I was like, right, I'm going to look for someone. I'm going to follow their path. You know, they've walked this walk. It's going to be fine. And I could never find it. Mm. Like I could never find someone who was thriving and being like. But then again, also, I feel like maybe because of social media, many people don't put this stuff out there. So you wouldn't have, you know, maybe yeah, even, found it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just wanted to be the one person that was like, stop keeping quiet. Stop keeping yeah. quiet and hiding the fact that there's depression. I feel that it's so important to speak about these things because so many people struggle with so many difficulties, so many challenges, but it's just not spoken about. And, and because we, we have social media, like, I don't get it, you know? And because we don't speak, we don't support each other uh -huh. where we could be. Because if I say I have depression and you say you have depression, wow, we can support each other. But if we both say nothing, we're depressed, alone. But there's so much that we, instead of looking at it negatively, like, I have been told that I'm damaged. Cool. Wow. You believe that I'm damaged, that's your own thing. I believe something completely different. You know, they say, what, the Japanese, when a bowl breaks, yes. that they repaired with yes. gold? I think yeah. that's how I like to think of myself. I could very well be broken. That's fine. Allah gave me this path. He said, you are going to be broken in your life, deals. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that part of your pain that makes someone else not have to feel that pain or not have to have the knife dug in as deep as you did? Because... That's what we should do. We should use our pain and our struggles or everything that we feel isn't bad about us to become better and to heal someone else who may be suffering the same thing. 
you know, I don't understand what goes to people's minds when they make these nasty comments, when they say these things. But we're going to come to that um, yeah. you know, a little later <laughs> in the interview. Okay, so Nadine, we're talking, we're talking to you now. So you are a corporate project planner. So why did you choose this career and what does it entail? Well, I guess the career, I didn't choose it, it kind of chose me. I, okay. I have a background in civil engineering, so I'm still working towards that qualification. And uh, during that journey in working as a project manager and civil engineering consultant, you know, life takes you through different experiences. And I mm-hmm. guess making certain decisions at those critical moments has now led to being a project planner. And it's, uh, it's exciting. I love it. In the environment that I'm in, you know, projects are unique. So there's no two projects that are the same. So you're always on your toes with different challenges. And I absolutely adore it. That's awesome. So being in an international, uh, you know, relationship and a marriage, how did you guys manage the adjustments that and challenges that have come with it? Because it's not easy, you know, with the different cultures that have come in and... Just brush the challenges off. <laughs> you know, he, you really is, he, he really has that mentality and he's like shifted it to me because what okay. I hate is I'm like, yeah. bye Felicia, because Nats <laughs> has that attitude of nothing yeah. affects us. I always notice like people looking at us and then I'll be like, they think I'm white. I, I don't really take notice. It's yeah. only when Fadila tells me. She's like, hey, Nads, people are looking at us funny. I'm like, so what? <laughs> exactly that. You, like, need, you need to have that mentality because challenges are going to come in day in daily challenges. So if you're not mindful of that and geared up to either accept it and conquer those challenges, mm-hmm. then they're going to put you down. You need, you need to man up and take on the challenge. Totally. I just notice like people looking. Mm. It doesn't affect me, except like sometimes when someone will greet Nads and then say like, oh. Assalamu alaikum, and then I'll get hello. I'll you be don't like, get the salam. Yeah. Wow. That's happened a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, it's happened a couple of times, but I just try to not judge them because mm. I think I look Indian, but people will be like, no, you don't. So I just think, okay, if that's how you see me, that's why you're greeting me that way. I'm not going to feel bad. But some, it used to affect me, mm. in all honesty, you know. No, you're just more I resilient. used to be like, oh my word, do I not look Muslim enough? <laughs> like, that's rude. Why would you be standing with the, like... But I guess you could be standing with a non-Muslim. I can't assume someone yeah. needs to understand. And I think um, society and the place, especially Darbin, that we live in, mm-hmm. people are very judgmental. and People mm-hmm. are very, in a sense, like, you know, they look at you and they're like, you know what... Um, and they expect you to look a certain way because that's how society is supposed to look. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, according to society, this is how a Muslim is supposed to look. Yeah. They don't think of, you know, out yeah. of the box, unfortunately. The stereotypes are difficult yeah. to, to, to it challenge. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the stereotypes yeah. that are Family-wise, we haven't ever had any awkwardness. Nad's family is interracial. Not interracial. Interreligion. And, yeah. and kind of interracial, yeah. too. And <laughs> you have non-Muslim family, Christian family, and I have mm. part of my family that's Christian. It's just that you've grown up. I've grown up with them. More openly about it, and mm-hmm. I haven't. So now it's just mm. one Maybe big open pool. Maybe that's also helped being who I am and understanding mm. interracial relationships and uh, yeah, that that just makes more, you so you know? easy for you guys yeah, to also adjust. He yeah, does. he never makes it a big deal. Having growing up with mm. <laughs> different people, different backgrounds, and them being part of your family, mm. you. That's what you're used to. So if that comes to you in your daily life, it's nothing it's out so of It's so much ordinary. more interesting, though. I feel like it adds so much more interest into, into the lives. Although it does bring about challenges, but it's mm-hmm. equally, it's so interesting to learn about, you know, the other person and about how they do things. Yeah, I think yeah. it's more fun than challenging. Because we learn the differences between us. It's really interesting. Like, you were raised a different way. I was raised a different way. 
I have different thoughts because of how I was raised, so do you. And now we get to figure out what thoughts we want to carry forward, what habits we want to carry forward, based on both experiences. I think after having met you as well, you made me more aware of um, human behavior and the kind of yeah. role it plays in understanding people and also learning how to be more of a people's person. Because mm-hmm. what, what else is your purpose in life, you know? Yeah. You, you worship God and you try to help others. People. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. true. So, you know, Nidia, being a spouse of someone who is a mental health, um, can we say survivor? Is that what is the term would you use in Fidila? Struggles with their Struggles? mental health. Yeah, yeah. I would say okay. That. Um, how has this changed you? It's made me a more pa- patient person, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you learn to develop more patience, also learn a lot more, as I said, human behavior, understanding mm-hmm. human behavior, more tolerance, and more loving because the challenges somebody else is going through, um, you, you don't fully understand it. So in that moment, you have to be a bit more patient than, than just lose your or blow your top. And you yeah. know, Anger can always get the better part of you. You need to control it, understand where someone else is coming from, what they're actually going through. Mm. I think that, also, that makes it easier to go on my own journey of healing more, is having that support of, I know I can say, this is how my anxiety is making me feeling, or this is, this is why I'm panicking, and I know that he's not going to completely fly off the... Mm-hmm. In, in the moment, I think I'm trying to understand it. I'm like, okay, okay, what do I do? Yeah. How, how, how do we make it better? What can, what can I do and to help you out? And whenever we speak about it, Nads will always be like, I never knew that's how you're feeling. Okay. Mm. And I would say to him, I didn't know that that's how I'm feeling until I have to try explain it so that the other person can understand mm. that I don't want to be panicking right now, but this is why I am. And whenever I say to you, this is why I'm panicking, you'll be so understanding and say, I never knew that's how you're feeling. It becomes so real so quickly mm. that... You have to adapt. Your mind has to adapt and be like, okay, I can't panic in this situation too. I need to be as supportive and helpful as I can. As m- and also learning what the yeah. situation is. So as challenging yeah. as it is, you just have to <laughs> be a pillar for each other, I guess. <laughs> and that's important. And I think, you know, not even, you know, in any marriage, it's always yeah. that. It's always, you know, trying to be complimentary rather than, you know, eating each other's heads off. Mm-hmm. But, but, you do that but that's society yeah. too. Because they teach society. us that when you get married, yeah, someone's going to bite someone's head yes. off. But it's not necessarily yeah. that. But yeah. they don't teach us to communicate about our mental health. I feel like the fact that I, we are able to, as a modern couple, to sit and say, I have anxiety, this is how I'm feeling, and you learn how to understand it. The same way I also have to learn and understand your behavior and I can't be... No, but that's exactly it. And I find that, you know, the mentality of many people nowadays, it needs to shift, it needs to change, and it, you, see this, you can't be fighting over the salt in the food. And it can't always There's be... There's people who don't even have food. food. <laughs> and also that expectation always, yeah. that, like, that's what marriage is. Waking up, going to work, one person cooking. It's not always the dynamic, you know. Sometimes you give 80, I give 20%. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll have to give more. You'll have to give less. That's exactly You'll it. You'll have to yeah. balance each other mm-hmm. out. Absolutely. But then, you know, Nadim, what tips can you then share with other spouses or partners of someone who, um, you know, suffers from anxiety or depression, being a partner? Try to be as supportive as you can. You also need to give yourself more time, some self-love. Appreciate yourself too a lot more. I go cycling, I went surfing. You know, we still come home. I talk to you about... How you feeling? How was your morning? Hey, Nads, I don't feel like coming with you to the beach today. It's too hot. I'm uncomfortable. Please take me home. But I'm in the water having <laughs> the time of my life. 
you know so yeah. just being there for your mm. partner and listening i i also have a challenge in listening or listening attentively to what deals the same and pretty often she'll be like no 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 that's not what the point that's not the point i'm trying to make so yeah i think the struggle maybe would be that you trying to understand he may be trying to understand and he may not be hearing what i'm saying mm. like there's nothing to understand in that moment but he's he's panicking about understanding me because i have anxiety but instead i should just be a good listener and then he yeah there is <laughs> but i do think that the me time he's talking about really helps because when he is having me time for himself it forces me to also Take start time. taking time mm. for myself or start prioritizing it because i'm always a ball of anxiety and then nads go surfing or he goes cycling and i say hey he's making time for himself what can i do to make time for myself you tend to forget you're also chasing You're yeah. chasing the hustle of life. You know, even mm. if you give yourself 30 minutes in the day, just take a time out, take a stroll. That is your time. Mm-hmm. It could could seem small, but in the larger scheme of things, you'll you'll see a lot of benefit mm. in it. It's so important. I really we feel that way. Though, like you feel like you can ground yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We seem to forget that we can take 10 mm. minutes. Mm. So well, you know, all prayer time can also yeah. help as yeah. that. But even then, we when we go and read your salah, You're not even thinking about yourself. You're not supposed to, but you know, your concentration and focus go somewhere else. So, giving yourself time out of that as well. It's it's also important. And I think praying together has helped my anxiety. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz we make an effort like if we are both at home that we have to pray together. Mm. It's it, it, I I definitely see benefit in it. Mm. For one, it brings us closer together, but in that moment and time you you block away everything else that's going on in your life. Mm. You know, like literally, whatever else is going on, you like wipe clean, and you focus. You're like, hey, it's time to pray. Yeah, it's a good way to. And most times, when you're done praying, you're not thinking, "Oh, let me go back to my depressed life." <laughs> your mindset just shifts, shifts and you have yeah. something else yeah. to do. You know, how was your experience? Um, we know that you were at I10. Mm-hmm. How was your experience there? And I know um, you you're a bit sticky from the nines. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I loved your videos there. I Thank just want to, you. you know, put this out. I loved it. I would look forward to you being in, you know, all the different videos and stuff. Awesome. And I never thought that I could actually reach out to you the way that we are, yeah. you know, today. It's Everyone amazing. Seems to think that they yeah. can reach out to me, but you can. <laughs> I think that, you know, I told you the story how I used to pretend to cook yeah. and pretend I was on TV. I think that like fulfilled that dream. Okay. Show, like, <laughs> hey, I used to pretend that I was a diva and then I was one. Roll camera action. Yeah. <laughs> But I loved my time there. I loved everybody yeah. that I worked with and I loved that video. It was so weird because it wasn't planned as like okay. everything else is so planned, but this my colleague had just written these lyrics to the Sting song, which is apparently a really old song. Okay. And then he was like, "Come, we're going to go film this thing." And then we filmed it and it just looked really yeah. weird. <laughs> it was just the funniest thing we had ever seen. And I was mortified at the fact that I had to sing this thing, but it was cool. It was fun. Some people still believe though that like I live in the nines. And I'm Do you like, live in the nines? No, I don't. <laughs> Someone actually sent me a message and they were like I stay in the nines opposite a field and I'm thinking well where's the nine <laughs> where even is that <laughs> We normally go to the tens <laughs> We have family in Chatsworth Okay lovely so next time you can take me to the nines to the field it was a really cool experience I love my team there Mm. You know coming to you know to, talking about social media your prominent social media personality and I'm sure that you are criticized on you know things you put up mm-hmm. the posts that you have etc etc how do you deal with the hate that comes with it because I know obviously it's real everyone in the nasty comments Some days like it's really bad where like I say to Nat like is this the kind of thing that I have to go to police for 
or is it just that this is someone's opinion of us yeah now you also on my page a lot but i tend to not let it get to me because it's going to stop me from like living my best life or it's going to stop me from trying to fulfill my purpose i try to make sure that i don't allow it to affect me okay a really big thing that i always ask myself is is this true because if something is true someone can say something to me that i don't like criticism and if it's if it's true maybe it's something i should consider working on so that i can live better but if it's something that people are just spreading negativity around or hatefulness i don't really let it bug me and i make that decision in the moment that i see it back like i panic and then i'm like no you are not panicking about something that's not true you can't control what people think of you whether you are the most innocent or whether you are the deadliest person people have an opinion on you from what they see from what you post mm-hmm. but the people that really know me i know they have my back and that's all that matters so i try to not let it bug me at all but there are some days where it does i'm sure and i yeah. cry about it but then i get up and wipe the tears and make a cup of tea and i'm like okay yeah, done with you i honestly don't understand what goes to a person's mind when saying these nasty comments when you know putting out that hate out there because it's not affect you like you're making another person feel really bad about themselves deserve i call I, them totally, i'm like what the heck i call them keyboard warriors yeah. you know they scared to be punched in the face so they yeah. just say it on Yeah. behind a phone yeah. not yeah. that i would punch anyone in the face but i'm just making that reference of yeah. like you scared to mm-hmm. say it to a person's face so you'd rather just type it down below hide behind a no profile picture zero posts <laughs> kind of vibe and then yeah. hurt someone but i always try to say i wonder how they feeling if that's what they can say to me like i wonder how they treating their tribe if they can sit and say oh you mean stuff like someone once said to me that nads is ugly right and i'm like i'm so grateful that you think he's ugly because i don't want any competition yeah <laughs> i want this man to myself yeah so but that is hurtful in the moment because you think to yourself wow like how dare you but if we allow everything that everyone says to us to affect us we won't be happy so remind yourself that there's no place for judgment mm. i know that on social media you have trash tuesday it's one of my favorite initiatives that you have on your story Yay. so how did this evolve So Trash Tuesday was um it was actually meant for myself. Okay. So when I started it, I had just moved in with a friend of mine and she used to recycle. So she taught me how to recycle and so we would split what was recyclable and what was not. So okay. we had the orange bag and the black bag and then I started noticing that I started to become a lot more conscious now that I was aware of the earth or animals or you know, plastic I started to have more recycling than I started having black rubbish. Mm-hmm. And eventually the black rubbish bag was tiny, the recycling bin was huge and it got me thinking about if I can take out the trash every Tuesday morning and put it out on the curb I can take out the negative thoughts that I have or bad behavior you know toxic right. patterns and so I started putting it on my story in hope that even when I would look at it it would remind me toss the negativity out because certain levels of stress are healthy for us mm-hmm. they're good for us like in terms of making us more productive or set better goals and i let that come in the recycling thoughts and i put out the black bin of thoughts every tuesday morning and then people started responding really well to it asking about it even when i moved people were like where's trash tuesday <laughs> but we didn't have we didn't have green bins at our house for trash tuesday but i've loved it i really love it and it still feels exactly the same way it felt when i started it which is like over a year now it still feels to me every time i do trash tuesday that I'm putting out my negative thoughts. <laughs> because 
I feel like you know what it affects all of us as well, and we all are like on a trash journey on a Tuesday. Yeah. I particularly also I make a conscious effort of actually you know what okay what's toxic what's irritating me this week and literally you know taking it and in my mind throwing it out throwing it out and that's the thing I think when I was doing it it was a visual that I was seeing and I was telling myself just like you do this just like you take the care to pick apart stuff and separate it you need to do the same thing with your thoughts and I still do it because sometimes Mm -hmm. I it will not be a, a Tuesday and I'll see the green bins out for the guys that collect garbage like, you know, from other areas. And I'll think to myself, oh, great, it's Thursday. I can still toss out bad thoughts. I'm not having bad thoughts. And I get people who will message me and say their trash day is a Friday. So for them, it's like filth-free Friday. But it's Trash Tuesday. It, it, in any day, it could be that we put out our dirt. Where do you see yourself in five years? As a mom. Oh, inshallah. inshallah. <laughs> but I also see myself, I hope, talking more openly about mental health. I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg the stuff that we get to share with each other now. I feel like in the times to come with social media and stuff, there'll be more to talk about. There'll be more people that need support. And hopefully, I will be supporting them. Inshallah. Amen. The last and final question that we have for you is, so how do you continue to live with purpose? I think that living with purpose is not like living for yourself. It's living for other people, which may sound so cliche. But I feel like what gives me the greatest joy is to see someone else feel good because of something that I've said to them or something they've seen in me or resonated with what I put out there. And that's how I continue to live with purpose is to continue to just every single day make a difference to one person. If I just talk to one person who wasn't feeling great, then I can pass that purpose or that tool to them that if I could make them feel better they can go out there and make someone else's life better and we pay it forward every time thank you so much for your time um, thank, thank you, you for having me you, thanks to Nadim um, for your time and coming out here and chatting with us today it's an absolutely awesome it was so interesting really because thank you. you know there's so many things and aspects that we could yeah. speak about and there's so many topics and I think we could go on for hours speaking probably yeah <laughs> we'll have a good chit chat Nads and I sometimes will just yeah, be sitting on the couch and then we'll have this deep meaningful conversation and we'll be like let's have a cup of tea now <laughs> we are but it's been we great. wish you all the best thank you future, and we know that you're going to be closely working with accidental Muslims hopefully. I would love to yes yes inshallah. yeah thank you thank you salam. thanks to everyone for listening Walaikum salam that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed it and that our guests added value to your life and most importantly, inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to forward all suggestions to info at accidentalmuslims.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.